This is K.M. Wyland, and you're listening to the 123rd episode of the Wordplay Podcast. I'm a big fan of National Novel Writing Month, which so many of you are knee-deep in right now. I've never participated myself, mostly because I'm happy with the slow and steady schedule I use year-round, and because writing to reach a word count every day isn't the way I work best. But I love that the month of November is a month in which authors everywhere get to rally themselves, follow their dreams, challenge themselves, and come out having learned new things about both writing and themselves as people. I'm in awe of you folks who make it work. What with the advent of the holidays, November is always a busy month. Sometimes I struggle just squeezing in my two hours of writing a day. I'm still having fun with my rewrite of Dreamlander, but some home improvement projects have kept me hopping this week, so it's been a challenge to make sure I found some time to write every day. A challenge, but definitely a good one, since writing is always the most rewarding part of any day. So happy nanoing to all of you who are involved in the competition, and happy plain old writing to all of you who aren't. The number one factor to consider when choosing POV characters. The latest post in the video series on my blog uses William Faulkner's The Town to show how the choice of POVs will influence and ultimately control your story. You can watch the video on my blog at wordplay-kmyland, that's w-e-i-l-a-n-d dot blogspot dot com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. And now I hope you'll enjoy this week's podcast. Four reasons to mimic the masters, and three reasons not to. If I tell you you should copy another writer, would you call the plagiarism police and poke me in a padded cell? If so, get your cuffs and straitjacket ready, because that's exactly what I'm about to tell you. Of course, copying doesn't have to mean stealing. Copying another writer boils down to nothing more or less than mimicry. And mimicry, as we all know, is one awesome compliment. It's also a gift that keeps on giving, since in mimicking the masters of the craft, we're not only paying them homage, we're also gaining untold benefits for our own writing. Let's take a look at what successful mimicry is and is not. What mimicry is? Setting high goals. By desiring to write as well as our favorite authors, we're forcing ourselves to set the highest of goals for our own writing, instead of settling for any old drivel that dribbles from our pens. Achieving good taste. In choosing to mimic a particular author, we're establishing a definitive statement about our taste as readers. We're deciding what makes a good writer, and therefore, what kind of writer we want to be. Studying the techniques. We can't mimic unless we first study another writer. To be able to achieve the same desirable effects in our writing, we first have to be able to identify and understand those effects. Achieving growth. The very act of mimicry means our writing will be moving ever upwards and onwards. Even a failed attempt of mimicry is one that will help us understand ourselves and our craft better. What mimicry is not. Plagiarism. Mimicry may be a compliment, but stealing someone else's words or ideas is most certainly not. Aside from the fact that it's unethical and illegal, plagiarism will never be able to give you much in the way of satisfaction or artistic growth. Laziness. The desire to be able to write like another author does not give us the excuse to use their stories as half-baked starting points for our own. Fan fiction aside, writing a story that is a feebly disguised copy of Star Wars or The Hunger Games means you're missing the point, and the benefits, of using another artist's genius to launch your own unique story, style, and voice. Giving up. Sometimes the attempt to achieve the same effect as a masterful author can leave us feeling like we'll never measure up. Don't forget that even the masters had to start somewhere, had to be inspired by other artists, had to grow into their own place of excellence. How to mimic. 
So how do you successfully mimic other authors in a way that will help you learn their secrets while helping you discover your own unique and personal artistic nuances? Read widely and deeply. Start by reading everything you can get your hands on. When you find an author who makes you go, I want to write like that, read everything he's written, both the good and the bad. Read with attention. We've all heard the phrase, read like a writer, but what does that really mean? It means reading with eyes that see beyond the story, behind the scenes to the techniques that make it work. Once you've cracked an author's code, you can apply his secrets to your own work. Copy out passages. Sometimes it's helpful to take the above step a little further by actually copying out excellent passages from your favorite books. The act of writing each word down can help us understand the choice of language and the structure of the sentences and paragraphs. Experiment with similar styles. Mimicry only works if you put what you've learned into practice. Did you enjoy the first-person present tense style in that last Margaret Atwood novel? Why not give it a try in your next book? Did you love the rapid-fire action scene in that latest Brandon Sanderson book? Try throwing your characters into the midst of a mano-a-mano duel in the next chapter. In a nutshell, mimicry is nothing more than reading, appreciating, and learning from the masters. As artists, there is no better way to improve our own craft than to fall in love with the excellence of someone else's. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, visit me on the web at wordplay-kmyland, that's W-E-I-L-A-N-D, dot blogspot.com, and be sure to listen again next week. Mm-hmm.